Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way if you keep on the sunny side of life. Hi, this is Joe Martin. I'm the pastor at First Baptist in Toledo, and um, this is my midweek cabin talk, and I hope that this can be helpful. And if it is, um, share it with somebody and maybe comment back. You know, I want to talk to you about how you witness in real life. And for those of you that are not familiar with that term, a witness is really the idea of how you talk to other people about this really important thing in your life, your relationship with Jesus. You know, Jesus called us to be witnesses. And in some sense, we really are witnesses. And we wonder, well, what does that mean? Well, we, in, a, in a kind of a um, passive sense, we all witness one way or the other, either good or bad, by the kind of life we live. But when Jesus was talking about being witnesses, it, was, it included that, but it was more than that. We are to be testifiers, like you give a testimony of his reality in, not about trying to prove everything to people, but the reality of his work in our own life, your life and my life, and, and how that has affected us and changed us. And you and I do this as individuals, but we also do it together by how we love each other, how we interact with each other, how we live in community. You know, Jesus told his disciples before he ascended into heaven in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses both in Jerusalem, that's like right with their family, and in Judea, that was kind of their neighborhood, and in Samaria, that would be like everywhere around them in the county, if we were doing it proximity-wise, and even to the remotest parts of the world, sometimes people are actually, their influence is going way beyond, especially true nowadays with internet and with uh, modern mission movements. And so we think about those family, friends, a circle of the friends, our neighbors, you know, sometimes it is surprising, even in like a place like Lewis County, where this, this is, where you can see it's very rural, and you'd think that everybody's doing a barn raising every week. That's really not true. A lot of people move to outlying areas, sometimes to be left alone. Some of them are reclusive. Some of them have just been there a long time, and so they already have their established circles. But it is true across our country that neighbors, when it comes to neighbors, the people that live around you in your apartment or in your neighborhood, uh, they say that the average is less than 8% of neighbors say one word to someone that lives in proximity to them in an entire year. That's an amazing thing. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Now, when we think about Lewis County and, you know, the people you know around the county, it might be people you work with or people you go to school with. And then the world, like I said, uh, there's a lot of ways to touch that. You're to be a witness. You're to testify about the, how important Jesus is to you and what he's done in your life. You tell them about your experience, um, not not your best argument or your apologetics, but about your experience. This doesn't have to be a fight. It doesn't have to be pressure. It doesn't have to be um, 
doesn't have to be, you know, some kind of a, a you know, a battle between uh, that we all like to, people tend to gravitate to these kind of debates, all those that can have their place. Uh, this is just you with your friends and the people you know and the people that you sit down and have dinner with or you go out to dinner with. And oftentimes you don't want to do it or you're reluctant to do it. Let me get my coffee. Um, you're reluctant to do it because you know there may be some resistance. Or when you have come to Jesus and your life has changed, people tend to want they want to push, push you back into that mold that they had you in they feel comfortable with. Um, and so we're, just anticipate that people are going to be, um, it's going to be hard for them. They may be resistant. And when they are resistant or when they're sarcastic or when they tease you or when they talk about you getting religion or you becoming a Jesus freak or whatever it is, or they try and tie you in with other things they don't like about religious people or religious leaders, which there's plenty to not like, just respond with love and patience and sometimes even humor. You know, the word witness, um, martus, it literally comes from the, uh, you know, it literally means it could be judicial. Um, we get the word martyr from it. <laughs> and though in our country, uh, at least in our society, we're not being killed or arrested for being Christians. In many parts of the world, tens of thousands of people are. Uh, and throughout the history of the church, millions of people have been martyrs in the classic sense. The idea is that martus means you literally are a person who bears witness. Um, you know, but how do you witness in the real world? Um, how do you do it? Well, first of all, you have to have faith in Christ's presence. That's a really important thing. You have to have come to a point where you have your own faith, your mom and dad's faith. You can't, you know, you talking about your dad's relationship with God, that's fine. But that isn't a substitute. You have to have your own relationship, your own faith in Christ's presence. It's fine to say, hey, I believe that that person really believes it. But what matters to be a witness, people are not interested in what's called hearsay. That's what we use in, you know, hearsay evidence is not uh, admissible in court. It has to be firsthand evidence, your own experience. So second thing you have to do to be a, a, a witness is you must receive his power. Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that's really important. You can't do this on your own. This is at the moment you give your life to Jesus, he empowers you and he gives you a grace. And you have to recognize that. There is a, one of the ways you recognize this, you must recognize his power, his work in you. This is what happened in Acts 4, 6, not too far beyond where I read initially in Acts 1. It says uh, they, some of those early disciples, the followers of Jesus, were arrested. And they asked, what are we going to do with them? For the fact is noteworthy, a miracle has taken place. This is in Acts 4.16. Though through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem, but so that they will not spread any further among the people, let us warn them and speak no longer in this name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak at all in the name of Jesus. So they were saying, look, we're going to let you go, but don't talk about this anymore. Well... Peter and John answered and said something fascinating. Whether it's right in the sight of God to give, uh, whether it's right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. 
And then they said something about their own hearts. But we cannot stop speaking about what we've seen and heard. This is the overflow of our relationship with God. And that's really the best witness of all is when not you're not being pressured or guilt tripped or the church isn't putting pressure on you to like do a membership, you know, drive or something. We're not doing that. But you're just overflowing out of your own walk with God, how God worked in your life. You, just, you know, when you're in love with somebody or something's going on in your life, you just can't stop talking about it. That's what they were saying. They could not stop talking about what they've seen and heard. You know, a lot of times what's happened in your life or my life when we really aren't much of a witness, it's because it's been so long since we've seen or heard anything from Jesus, really personally, really spent time with him, that we've kind of lost that. And that, that ought to be something you consider. You know, everybody has their ups and downs. Even these guys had their ups and downs. You know, there are, there's one baptism by the Spirit, but there are many, many fillings. You know, it's like the old story where the, um, where the people, somebody came forward in church and said, um, you know, I've been filled with the Spirit. I've been filled with the Spirit. And um, the teenager that belonged to that particular adult said, yeah, but they leak. And that's kind of true with us, right? We do get filled with the Spirit, but then it dissipates and we have times where we kind of drift a little bit. So you have to continue to go to Him and trust Him. You have to pray for that fullness, but you also have to pray for boldness. Um, that's one of the ways that we experience that fullness. Acts 4.31, just a little further down in the book of Acts, when they had prayed, they were being persecuted, they were being resisted. When they prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. This does not mean brashness or rudeness or cruelty or, you know, we all have these images of people trying to buttonhole you and like put you, you know, pressure you. This is really people that know each other sharing with their Jerusalem, their Judea, the Samaria. They're going out into these relationships and telling them what has happened in their life. You, you are a witness of his love. That's what you're a witness of. You don't have to be perfect, but you do need his power in your life to be credible or believable and to have the courage to actually share. Now, this Sunday, I'm going to talk about part two on unlikely messengers. Um, you know, we talked about part one about the, the um, women in grief and uh, disciples in doubt. And this week we're going to talk about those next group. These are, uh, these are community in confusion. They were a group of followers like us a lot of times that were pretty confused, and we are like that too. So if you feel confused, sometimes this is a great week for you to come because uh, you may wonder, how can God really use me as a witness? Can I make any effect at all in my family and in my friends and in my, the, my, my Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world? You can. You really can. So God uses unlikely candidates to be his messengers. And so I hope to see you. Please share this with somebody. And thank you so much for being faithful in your giving and your faithfulness to be there. It was so great to see, you know, Full House on, on Easter. And we know that we kind of come to expect that. But so many of the people that I I saw on this last Easter are people I've been seeing pretty much every week. You just all came on the same on the same week, because some of you take a, every you take a week off, a month, or you take a couple you every other week. But what will happen this week if everybody all shows up at once this week? It'll be great to see each other. And remember to check out my class. My class is on 
on on uh, restoring community. And for some of you, that just means learning what community is. And so that's at 930. And get this, it has breakfast with it. So come and check that out. And I'd love to see you again. And for those that I missed, because some of you <laughs> are kind of counterintuitive. You're like, well, I'm not going to go on Easter because I don't want to be one of those people that goes only goes on Easter. Listen, um, don't forsake the gathering up together. That's a basic Christmas, Christmas, you know, Christian practice, not just a Christmas practice. Um, it's not just an Easter practice. It's a week to week practice. So I'll look forward to seeing you on this coming Sunday when we talk about those unlikely messengers. And that probably fits with our lives too. God bless.